Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, little curveball for you on this Tuesday. A little cloudy out today. We've got a fun guest host with us today, Bradley hey. from the Colleen and Bradley Show, is joining Lori all the way out in Hawaii. So we've got a whole hodgepodge of fun oh. coming up, right? I would like some of that Hawaii weather, please. Uh, Bradley, darling, yes. I don't know if you had a chance to see Lady Exercises oh, videos. Of but course. It is, it, okay, danger, danger, Bradley <laughs> Trainer. So wild. So I was debating whether or not. So it's a three-part story because the pig, first, first let me tell you about my little feral Hawaiian pig, a little neighbor, a little friend, and um, her, her name, which I was calling Princess Palupa Lupalupa, her name is Radiant Lapinta Kiko Puako Nogami Nobito. It is a Japanese oh, title. So adorable. So is and, and I mean, that pig, so Bradley, okay, the reason it's in three parts, and Casey goes, don't waste posting... Those that funny video with all that Will Smith Oscar, you know, Chris Rock. And I said, people might need a distraction today um, <laughs> yeah. from all of that. And I think they want to see Princess Palupa Lupa and Lady Exercise. So first I'm sitting holding the leash because um, David, the owner, he walks. Um, he calls her Petunia, too. Um, he walks her like every night on the beach. There's this little fresh water pond next to the ocean that the little little piggy likes to lick from so he came by i'm watching the oscars on sunday night and all of a sudden you know princess palupalupa is right at my door and she's only six months old but she's quite she's quite impressive in on the growth chart so now i have to ask you just a question i'm sure a lot of listeners yes. who've seen your um you know wild well it's is it, is it considered a wild pig or a wild boar because well she's it's called a feral okay hawaiian pig which to me feral is wild yeah so how did this adorable uh little piggy end up with uh you know the friend who's now its owner Oh, he, he 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 bought he bought him as a baby. There's oh, okay. quite a few people. Got it. I you know uh, I guess and he's going to get tremendously big, um, even though it's a pot-bellied pig. But he will probably weigh in a solid three hundred by the time he's Whoa. done growing. So he's like hundred and fifty pounds. So I'm sitting there and that thing is hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you see? Lady Exercise hasn't moved that fast in a month. Okay. When, when the pig started licking my ankle, I totally forgot my accent. I'm not sure what accent that was. And that pig gave it, you know, and, and David was like, did, did she bite you? And I said, no, I think she's just licking my lotion. And he goes, no, she was ready to take a bite out of oh, your ankle. No. Sometimes she doesn't take to strangers. Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's a little, you know, I, I, I imagine when you're a wild animal, you're not always the most friendly to 
to uh, strangers. Strangers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, strangers. Even but, though you are you know, a delightful lady exercise stranger who <laughs> comes in Thank peace. Thank you. But seriously, I haven't moved that fast. That pig could have dragged me down the beach and I would have been bumping along or I would have had to let go. I mean, I was falling. Casey was laughing so hard. We had to get it in like three takes because David really wanted um, Princess, uh, let me get her name again, Radiant La Pinta Kiko Puaco Nogami Nobita, or as I like to call her, Princess Palupalupalupa. He wanted her to do a piggy drop flop for me <laughs> and <laughs> a little trick well because the pig heals um little little um, so she so she's little... actually like a trainable creature yes oh. remember when george clooney had the pot-bellied pig named yeah. max for like 15 years i don't but now that you say that it sounds vaguely familiar he after he got divorced from uh, his wife, who is now married to John Slattery, and she's on Mad Men, great actress. He got this pot-bellied pig, and that was really the first celebrity that had a pot-bellied pig because they are, you know, I guess it's similar to I don't know, I don't know what a feral pig's. I know when job I saw is. that thing at first, I was like, first of all, is this an like a wild animal that's. You know, uh, just happens to be (laughs) running around. And then very, then I saw it on a leash and I was like, okay, so this means this animal's not going to eat Lori. And, um, but you, I will say it, it, I can't, but just by looking at it, you wouldn't think it was 150 pounds until it starts moving and dragging you across (laughs) the beach. Like literally you can tell that's a lot of weight pulling. And, you know, it's so, uh, the big island of Hawaii is, you know, the youngest of the islands, the biggest of the islands. And it's, there's only, I mean, there are sandy beaches. You just have to know where to go. Hapuna State Beach Park is the biggest, but where we're staying like five minutes away, there's there's parts of, there's areas with big sandy beach, but a lot of it is rocky and lava rock. And there are these little tide pools. It's beautiful and trees oh, growing out amazing. of the middle, middle of it. But uh, Lady Exercise Pretty much needs to wear her um, tennis shoes. It really, you know, she doesn't, you know, had hasn't worked out. Yeah, this a lot is not while the, I've been here. Well, I feel like you've got a lot of workout with that pig. You just show up with the pig every day. Uh, have the, oh, no. you know, have the lady yeah. walk you around, and uh, no, you'll, no. you'll burn I'm a few all, calories. I'm all done with my little my little um, pig friend, but I will <laughs> wave and greet him at the beach. I'm. I I'm just I'm not I'm not cut out for walking a little princess uh, pig. Of she likes to magnitude. swim too, right? Like she liked the water. Yes, yes, they love to swim. And um, the guy that we're renting the house from, he's the owner of it. And I would just like to, because we've gotten to be good friends, Bradley, as you know well, of how course. I like to bond with people. <laughs> I would just like to remind you? everyone, yes, <laughs> that today is National Vietnam Veterans Remembrance Day. David yeah, awesome. A, a veteran, and he went to Nam in 68 when he was 18 years old. And, wow. Same um, age as my dad, same time. Same time same, period. Same age, so same, just, day, yeah, same age, same time. Yeah, so, so. just want to recognize that because, of course, uh, Vietnam vets, when they came home, they were not greeted well. My dad only forgave Jane Fonda about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> My dad still hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Okay, <laughs> no, yeah. Nope. And, nope. Yeah. Well, and, it's important. Um, the, the remembrance is so important, too, because there's so many people that there's so many vets that are still living with the after effects. I mean, my own dad suffered from the, he, he you know, has since passed. But 
when he was still alive, he, you know, struggled with uh, some of the, the after effects of, of you know, course. serving I mean, my, decades earlier. My yeah. stepfather was um, an Air Force mechanic um, in Vietnam, and those planes were covered in Agent mm-hmm. Orange chemicals, and, and he died of, um, you know, cancer caused yeah. by Agent Orange because he was a mechanic, and they were exposed you know, all the time to it, and they it didn't know. So, you know, yeah, he was like 72. So, I, yeah, I just want to remember and thank Good. everyone thank you. who yeah. served and just just say that. And, Bradley, thank you for filling in with Julia. We've got a killer migraine. Oh, gosh. I ran into her in the hallway and was like, okay, you need to leave now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you are not capable. Of, this is not, she did not. So I hope that she is able to rest up. And migraines well, are no was, joke. No, they're no joke, and she, I think, was worried about um, driving home, and I yeah, just, yeah. you know, I should have told her, just go to my my house, I mean, my nephew is there, but he he has met her before and lay down in my lovely bedroom. <laughs> just well, imagine. you're just around the corner, so it'd be a lot quicker I, yeah, for her to get to yeah. bed. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I'd be a little concerned that she just showed up at the door based on uh, how not she did not look well. No. Your nephew might be a little concerned. Might might call for backup. Is that really Auntie Julia? Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Bradley. Yes, of course. I am here for you. Yes. You are here for us. And if you haven't had a chance to see me and my little uh, little princess pig, uh, I put it on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. And at one point, I just said my thumbs were tired. I get tired of the hashtags and the adding. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of work you've done. It's very, you know, we are grateful, though, sitting in the 30 to something degree weather right now. We need every yeah. bit of your your Hawaii um, Spirit. getaway. Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Listen, when we come back, um, I was most curious to see what Jimmy Kimmel had to say last night on um, regarding the Oscars oh, yeah. as he was the last host and he hosted on the La La Land Moonlight um, Fiasco. So we've got some of him and also Jim Carrey talked to Gail King. And uh, so it's our story we can't get enough of. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, um, we we knew that the late night uh, hosts that were back were going to um, really dig in. However, they were going to address, you know, um, the slap at the Oscars when uh, Chris Rock was slapped in the face by Will Smith. And he he did. Will Smith did put out a very well crafted apology, mm-hmm. and I imagine you know having watched Ray Donovan, that his team said something like this: "Will you go enjoy your party? We'll get a statement out in 24 hours. If Chris will talk to you, you will donate however much money he wants anonymously to a charity of his choice." <laughs> and um, let's see what else would they have told. Oh, and this will be old news, and people will forget it by next week. So. He pays them a lot of money to lie to him for that um, incident. But I was really curious what Jimmy Kimmel said because he's what hosted maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're I right. I think the Oscars. And the last time he hosted was when the big uh, Michigas with uh, La La Land being named Best Picture when it was really Moonlight and Faye Dunaway. And it seems like just Baby. yesterday. It, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. So Grant did a great job of editing some of Jimmy Kimmel's takes on what happened because he knows better than I think any of the other late night because he's the only one that's hosted the Academy Awards. So here's here's the first cut. This was the Hollywood version of your drunk uncle starting a fight, ruining the wedding, and then standing up and giving a long toast to the bride and groom. 
That was so true. And by the way, no one did anything. A whole room full of people, no one lifted a finger. Spider-Man was there. <laughs> Aquaman was there. Catwoman, all sitting on their hands. No one helped Chris Rock. The backstory of the backstory we know anyway is when Chris Rock hosted the Oscars in 2016. This is the Oscars So White year. Will Smith wasn't nominated, so his wife Jada decided to boycott the show. And Chris Rock, who was hosting the show, made some jokes about it. He said Jada boycotting the Oscars is like him boycotting Rihanna's panties, which I'm sure she didn't like. And then this joke, um, G.I.J., which seemed pretty mild, but what I assume Chris Rock didn't know is that the reason Jada has a shaved head is because she has a medical condition called alopecia that causes people to lose their hair, and she probably thought he was making fun of that, and so Will felt he had to defend his wife, and now I'm a little bummed because I've only now hosted the second craziest Oscars of all time. <laughs> I only had like three years to enjoy that. <laughs> oh, three years. It's been three years. Three years. And, you know, Grant, remember when I did a, we were doing a few vintage uh, Oscar scandals leading up to the Oscars? Yeah. And we talked about Sachin Littlefeather accepting on behalf of Marlon Brando for oh, Best yeah. Actor for The Godfather. And how she was booed and applauded. And she spoke uh, about, you know, Native American rights and injustices. But one piece of the story I didn't know that happened that night and there might be a documentary with Sachin, Sachin, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but Little Feather, I know is the last name. She, uh, there might be a documentary about her, but apparently John Wayne hmm. was held back by six security guards because he wanted to, like, punch her lights out oh, when God. she came off stage. Oh, God. You know, it, yeah. I, that has to be one of the first examples of you know, what has now become, you know, a more regular occurrence, which is actors using this moment to, you know, advocate for something they feel really strongly about. But at that time, that, if I remember correctly, it was pretty unheard of, right? Yeah, it was. And and he invited her. If he, he said, you can go. I don't want to speak for you, but if I win, you can use that time. Because she'd written him a letter. She was a fan. She knew that he was... Anyway, we're getting off topic, but he he met her and he said, if if I win, you can get up. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. For me, and mm. you can use that platform. And so, yeah, but yeah, it was... Uh, um, that that was a scandal that like kind of I I li- missed out the be- best scandal as part of that story. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, I so. did not know the the thing about John Wayne. 
Yeah. Okay. So what's uh, our next clip? We've got a, um, he makes, he has a little fun here with the long speech uh, that Will oh. Smith gave. So here's a little fun Please. spin on that. What is Will going to say if he wins best actor? And of course he did win best actor. Uh, salting Chris Rock and then winning the Oscar. It's like storming out of the house after breaking up with your girlfriend, then coming back in because you forgot your keys, you know? <laughs> According to one source, the Academy seriously discussed having Will Smith removed from the theater, but it said uh, they decided to let him give the longest best actor speech in history. <laughs> Which, of course, it was the longest best actor speech in history. They weren't going to play him off. You'd have beat the crap out of everybody in the band. Oh. Okay, that that's good. All right, let's listen to another take. We got Jimmy one Kimmel. more. This is about the apology, okay. and this one's really quick, too. We'll release the heartfelt apology. To me, there's only one more step to make this right, and uh, that's the Comedy Central roast of Will Smith, hosted by Chris Rock. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's one more we can play that's about him and Denzel okay. Washington if we want to get to it here. We've got a little time. Yeah. You know, when they gave out the wrong Oscar for Best Picture to La La Land, I was on stage and I wasn't sure what to do. But Denzel Washington was in the front and he told me, give the, the microphone to Barry Jenkins, the director, which I did. And once again, in a time of trouble, there was the equalizer. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, D. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. That's how you talk after two years of Shakespeare. You start saying, imagine having that at the tip of your tongue. At your highest moment, that's when the devil comes for you. Woody Harrelson was like, no! So, Will then ended his speech by saying he hopes the Academy welcomes him back, and if they don't, he'll be waiting for them in the parking lot. The Academy announced today they're doing a formal review of the incident. A spokesperson for the LAPD put out a statement immediately following the altercation, said, we don't have any details about the incident. As soon as we do, we will make them available to the public. I think we have all the details. We were all there. <laughs> right, right. We were all there. So he was very funny. And then, of course, he always sends Guillermo to the red carpet. And the irony is that one of the few celebrities that did stop and chat and have fun with him was Jada. Oh. Yeah, she stopped. And, oh, he... It, I, I wanna, you asked yourself an awkward question, and it was an awkward question. She just looked in the camera, and she said, I'll save it for the table. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we'll be getting a red table talk or two. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. All right, listen, I know we got to go because we're really excited. One of our very favorite authors, Kate Quinn, is joining us next. Her, it's her book birthday today. The Diamond Eyes, the book. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with us. We are delighted. It is uh, one of our very favorite authors. It's the book birthday of her book called The Diamond Eye. New York Times bestselling author Kate Quinn is joining us for another edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club. Thank you, Kate, for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We love your books. You know, The Huntress, The Alice Code, we, or The Alice Network. We last talked to you about The Rose Code and The Diamond Eye. Once again, you're just an incredible storyteller, and congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Um, this book was very much my pandemic book. It was a tough one to write in a lot of ways, but I'm so pleased to see it hit shelves today. 
Yes, I'm so glad. So will you give people the setup of the Diamond Eye? Well, in essence, it is a World War II novel about the very real-life heroine, a Ukrainian single mother, graduate student, and aspiring historian who ended up becoming uh, not just the most famous and effective female sniper in World War II, but uh, in history when she took up a rifle to defend her country when Hitler invaded. And this story ended up being a lot more timely than I really had in mind, you know, when I first started to write it, considering what we are seeing of Ukraine and Ukraine's defenders in the news today. Oh, absolutely. And Kate, I mean, how did you in the first place even learn about, you know, come across this story, this, the, the, you know, the character of, I mean, the person, but just the life story of this uh, Ludmilla lady death? Well, it was when I was first researching uh, my book, The Huntress, which had an entire plot line that centered around the Night Witches, which was the all-female regiment of night bomber pilots that flew against Hitler's Eastern Front. And when I was researching them, I happened to be finding all these other articles about Soviet women war heroines, including Lyudmila Pavlichenko, who you know later earned the nickname of Lady Death. And that's because the uh, Soviet Union was the only allied nation that officially allowed women in combat. So suddenly all these articles were crossing my you know, timeline, my feed, my, my research about you know, women pilots, about women fighter pilots, women tank drivers, and women snipers, of whom Ludmilla was one. So as soon as I learned about her story, I realized I have to write this. It's just, I have to. It's too good to miss. So I tucked it in my back pocket, and then I wrote the Rose Code first, and then I thought, I think it's time to write Lady Death's story now. It, it, I mean, really, and, and the Huntress, I mean, I think that was the first time that I had ever realized that Russia, you know, that they had 5% of the military in World War II were women, and that they were they were so amazing. And it is I, irony of ironies that they've in, Russia has invaded Ukraine, where Ludmilla was from Kiev, and everything that's going on, um, and and I wonder how much uh, like do Russian people know even about their history there? Well, it's one of those things that I really really have loved to see is how much Ukraine has embraced Ludmilla Pavlichenko as a national heroine of their own. Uh, it's something that I, I'm very delighted to see because she did fight for the Red Army because at that point in history. Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union, but every time you see an article about Lyudmila online and if she is described as a Russian female sniper, you will always see someone comment very quickly, she was Ukrainian, Mm. and she Mm. was. You know, all of her fighting was in defense of Ukrainian people on Ukrainian soil, and she, I have absolutely no doubt, would be fighting to defend Ukraine today if she were still alive. That's such a, like right. like you said, so timely that just that you're able to share this story at a moment when people are paying attention um, for obvious reason. Uh, can I just ask, too, from uh, just like a research standpoint, was a lot of this information available in English? Or, I mean, how did you how did you do, you know, that research work to find uh, details that maybe not the average person would come across? Well, I was really very lucky with this book because... 
uh, Ludmilla wrote her memoirs later in life, and which are absolutely fascinating read. And those memoirs have been translated mm. to English in a wonderful translation. So I was able to read her words in, you know, her words, her experiences in her own way, and I was able to read that in English. And really, that was just about the best source any reader could ask for because. She wanted her story told, and I was able to, you know, learn what it was like to be part of that fight and what was the toll that it took on her in her own words. And I can't think of any better source for any writer to have. Yeah, that's true. That's cool. And you know what, though, Kate, you really do. Okay, you you do take you take something that is real, but your imagination is so rich in how you create all the other characters and make something that. Your books are never dull. They're never dusty. They're like edge of your seat. I mean, I don't know how you do it, but your imagination and storytelling um, delights us because it's just a joy to read your books. Oh, well, thank you very much for that. Although I really do feel like Ludmilla's story needed very little embellishment because it was so incredible just standing on its own. I mean, just just the fact that she not only had this incredible war record defending her country, but then she came to the United States and really became America's sweetheart in the public eye. You know, although she did have to deal with a certain amount of, you know, a lot of idiotic, very sexist questions from the press asking about her makeup mm-hmm. routines and her skirt length. Some things have not changed for women, certainly. Right. But she did have this incredible time in the United States, and she became friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. And these are all things that are so incredible, I would not have dared to make them up as a novelist. Well, I was going to say, sometimes the truth is really, you know, stranger than, <laughs> than the saying goes, you know, stranger yeah. than fiction. So in that way, that was probably somewhat easy for you. But it's got to be hard to 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 find what the story's going to be within all of those great stories that are a part of her life. And really what it came down to for as the essence of her story in the way that I decided to finally tell it is that it is about a woman who is, you know, has embraced perfectionism as a way to stay alive. You know, any sniper is a perfectionist because, you know, you're literally dealing with a matter of inches, centimeters, millimeters is the difference Mm -hmm. between life and death. But the thing is, it it works on a larger level because women in general, I think, have a, a real problem with the fact that we are so hard on ourselves we embrace perfectionism we think we cannot ever fail and so this is the way in which even the average woman can feel a kinship with Ludmilla who navigates her entire life by I cannot fail I cannot miss I cannot ever ever make a mistake and that makes her a great soldier but it makes her personal life rather difficult and that's a valuable lesson she has to learn and indeed I think all women are great many women have to learn, myself included. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I wish Ludmilla, I wish, I, I'm hoping secretly there's a, an, a Ludmilla somewhere lurking around uh, Putin somewhere with these skills. <laughs> because, <laughs> I no, <do> seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. He's just such a bad, dangerous man. He's, there's, you know, anyway, and maybe, maybe there is, and that's, we just don't know that story yep. yet. But, mm-hmm. um What's happening, Kate, with your adaptation of the Alice Network? Well, the Alice Network has been uh, optioned for a mini-series. Actually, so has The Rose Code and The Huntress. And I don't really have much more information than that at this point. I know they've all been optioned. I believe there's, you know, the search for, you know, streaming partners and screenwriters and so forth going on right now. 
but that's about all I know at this point. You know, uh, the COVID-19 has certainly locked down and slowed down the Hollywood process just as it has locked down and slowed down much of the rest of life. Yeah. And, and did women ended up, end up optioning it, uh, any of these books? Uh, yes, it was a woman who optioned the Alice Network and also the Huntress. And then for the Rose Code, the team that adopted, uh, optioned the Rose Code was the same production company that was behind the film, The Imitation Game, which makes me very mm. happy indeed. Oh, very. And, and that, that the Rose Code for people who are listening and haven't read it yet, it was about the code breakers, um, that worked in World War II, um, breaking, you know, the, the Nazi, the Enigma code and all kinds of, you know, Japanese. That was just fascinating. Oh, thank you very much. It's a wonderful piece of history. Yeah, it, it really is. And something, I mean, that's why we just absolutely adore you. And we really are honored that you are with us, um, you know, on the book birthday of the Diamond Eye. And we're so happy to have, you know, you on our show. And I'm just so grateful that uh, even though, you know, I've read several books now from some authors that have written during, you know, during 2020 and 2021, and just they all have written amazing books, even though everyone in their acknowledgments have said what a you know, hard time it was writing it during this time. Well, I honestly think, uh, for me anyway, it was hard to write, but at the same time, it was also an escape. Because I mm-hmm. drafted the Diamond Eye, the for a rough draft, in about three and a half months flat. And that wow. is fast for me. Wow. And I honestly believe my muse, you know, because this was, took one look at the world around her. I mean, because this was about October through January of uh, 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the pandemic, the lockdown, vaccines are nowhere near in sight, the election, the fallout from the mm-hmm. election, the insurrection. I honestly think my muse took one look at the world outside and said, I need a break. I need a vacation. <laughs> I want to go somewhere calming and relaxing and soothing. How about the World War II Eastern Front? That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're all grateful. <laughs> we are. So I honestly Kate. think that's how it got written so fast, is my muse just oh. wanted to escape, and she dove into Ludmilla's world and just stayed there. Well, that is lucky for us. And what is the best way? I know you're on Twitter at Kate Quinn, but for people who are interested in maybe book appearances that you might be doing, do you, where's the best place that you like people to find you or contact you? Well, you can always find me on my website, uh, katequinnauthor.com. Uh, and I always have, uh, I have an events page there if you want to look up where I'm going to be appearing uh, virtually or in person. You can also uh, sign up there if you have a book club and you're reading one of my books. I do try to talk, uh, zoom in or call into book clubs. So you can find uh, information there about how to check with me about that. But you can also find Thank me you. on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, generally procrastinating okay. from my word count. <laughs> It's so easy to Kate, do. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So much. The book is The uh, Diamond Eye by Kate Quinn. Just wonderful to have you. And I hope you sell a lot of books. And I hope people support their local bookstores. Yes, go buy a copy at your local independent bookstore. We love indies and we want to support them. And thank you guys so much for having me on with you to celebrate my book launch. It's such a wonderful way to get started. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Best of luck. And we'll talk to you when uh, your next book, which I'm sure I'm sure you probably already have the idea. So we look forward to that. All right. I'll look forward to talking to you then. Okay. Talk to you later. All right. Listen. Oh, that was so fun. When we come back, I'm so glad, Bradley, that you're here 
for this next segment mm-hmm. of a deleted post on Instagram. Britney Spears saying something about her mama and JT. We'll be right back. A lady exercise will be a virtual exerciser, I can assure you. <laughs> you would definitely be in the... That Burning would- virtual calories. That's right. Um, Bradley, thank you. You were, <clears throat> you're very good with an author. Oh, good questions. Thank you. I'm actually really excited. I didn't want to tell her I hadn't read the book because, you know, yeah. I'm just showing up here. But um, right. I'm, I'm excited because this this is like right up my alley. I love, love um, historical non or historical fiction. So well, she's the queen. I'm very, very excited. Do you have fiction. a recommendation for which I sh- what book I should start with? It it doesn't matter. I would. Okay. I mean, Diamond. I, her other books are out in paperback, or you might be able to get them through the library. The Alice Network is about. It's about the women in France who um, help the underground get people, smuggle people over into Spain. You know, going through Portugal, oh, sure. through the Pyrenees Mountains. So that's really all of her books are good. Rose Code is, like I said, about breaking the German and Japanese, yeah. you know, codes. And then um, we're talking about Kate Quinn, the historical fiction uh, author, and then. Um, the Huntress is about the Russian women who flew fighter uh, planes. Oh, and okay. they, you know, they flew at night. I mean, danger. I mean, just fascinating. Any of her books, you could pick up any of them. And if you love historical fiction, I think she's the queen of it. Awesome. Well, I'm going to add them to my list because I love, add I just love learning list. stories about things that you, you know, like you think you know everything about World War II. And then you realize oh. you don't. So she tells all of the stories of women, and there's so many different stories. And Grant, were people excited to get the book? Yeah, Patty and Martha both were very excited to get the book. I so. almost fought them for it. So. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> to both Patty and Martha, and thanks for listening and calling in. We the the phones were ringing off the hooks, and in fact, the last person just hung up, so they were excited to get their hands on this book. Yeah, yeah. She just she tells I don't know she they they read like fiction, but they're true true stories so that's just when when it doesn't feel dry or dusty and i didn't want to add you know didn't want to have her tell how many people ludmilla dr death as her name was um uh, killed as a sniper in world war ii because i want people to read the book yeah yeah you know okay so bradley darling yes ma'am um you know i don't know i think you and colleen and Julie and I have, we've been along with the Britney ride for the whole everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys right? were there originally, but we definitely showed up in our own way for the last couple of years. Oh, more than that. Longer than that. You guys have been <laughs> on top of uh, all things uh, Britney. But it, she deleted this post. She put it on Instagram last night. And basically, I'm going to paraphrase, she had kind of a come to Jesus moment. And... um she wrote, um, and I. She wrote, "Your mom had a, had a, had a serving with her book at the exact time when we needed her most. All for what? Fame and attention. And that is a reference to um, her mom writing a book in 2008 called Through the Storm: mm. A Real Story of Fame and Family in a Tabloid World." Can you even believe? I, <sighs> you, I vaguely remember her mom doing that, and remember just thinking. No, not good. Yeah, this is not the moment. Okay, so she did that. So Brittany called her out. That's how she called her out. And then she added, and your ex did the same thing. 
He served with his first album, Using Your Name, Claiming You Did Him Dirty. And, of course, that was from the first song, Cry Me a River, mm -hmm. from his album in 2002, Justified. I, we just started on the air, and, you know, the, he hired the Britney lookalike. And, and I remember Julia and I having a discussion. She's like, Britney cheated on him. And I'm like, it was inevitable. These two were so young. They were never going to end up being together. And just to then like make that like a part of your, you know, like song repertoire, like I, that's just yeah. the part of being a pop star I don't understand is then you, you know, like doing well, that for fame and fortune. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, we saw though, we didn't put it in any kind of perspective. Britney was just judged for being just a cheating, lying little, I mean, really, mm -hmm. she was treated badly. And oh, we yeah. did see that in framing Britney Spears how differently the media treated Justin Timberlake versus Britney Spears and the things he said about Britney, you know, taking her, I mean, he's, you, I, you know, I can't stand that guy. He's, he's lost his card with me forever. I just think he's just such a douchebag. Um, <laughs> you're not alone. Really you're not alone. Huh? Well, you're not alone. And you know, we talk about all the time, you know, like we get weird on our show with our tinfoil hats, but it's clear from the way he has operated that like it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and what he shares with us is not always the truth. And, you know, he's going to frame things to make himself look uh, the best. And like the thing we've seen out of Britney, like warts and all is she's like far more willing to share the true sides of herself, even if they're not, you know, they're not pretty. So there's some I don't know, there's some appreciation for Britney being able on the other side of this to, to you know, start talking. I just want oh, her to start talking in a book. That we can buy yeah. and read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure she's working with someone, but I bet it feels good for her to get this out. When you think of how long her lifetime conservatorship was slapped on her at the age mm -hmm. of 27, and that her mom went along with it too, and the dad, and I mean, I can't imagine the anger of having 13 years of your life where your dad just bellows at you, "I am Britney Spears." You know, and so she does these posts, deletes some, um, you know, lots of little things, but she kind of gets it out there. And I very much appreciate it because I never believed that she and Justin Timber, she's not, he did her dirty. And yeah. I'm glad oh, she yeah. said that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just wanted to say more. Give us, give us even more. Don't delete. Just keep doing it. Share. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably her manager says, you know, wait, yeah. that's going to be in the book. Mm -hmm. And then she's cryptic. Where and, is she taking know. classes in Minneapolis, Lori? Did you see that post where she said she's taking online classes in Minneapolis? Where would she take? I classes? don't know. We thought maybe the Loft Literary Center. <laughs> oh, memoir. Well, you know, memoir what? classes. How to write a memoir. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. Well, Bradley. if anyone knows, they need to let us know. That is a very good uh, theory. I, I like this tin that you're wearing around your head today. <laughs> Just for you. And, yeah. Well, you know, because they do, people do take classes, and I could see Brittany's, okay, she's got somebody that's working with her on the book, but I could also see her being interested. Yeah, in, of course. Well, you know, tell how to, how, how to tell so she can say it more in her own words. Yeah, absolutely. So, What's coming up? Bradley, thank you so much. We got to go. We're going to check in with traffic and weather. And when we come back, we're going to uh, celebrate a life gone too soon. We'll be right back.